0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Get Lit Minute, your weekly podcast for all things poetic, poetry, and poets. This series is produced by Get Lit Words Ignite, a nonprofit organization that uses poetry and spoken word to increase literacy and empower young people. My name is Jasmine Minchez, and in this podcast, we focus on the lives, history, and works of classic poets and modern day contemporary poets. Today we're so excited to be discussing Chinese-American poet Sally Wen Mao. She was born in Wuhan, China and immigrated to the United States at a young age. She was raised in Boston and the California Bay Area, so she's a both-coast girl. Mao traces her love of writing as far back as second grade, when the few minutes of her class time dedicated to creative writing were by far the best part of her elementary school days. Her pulse for creativity and strong world building started in these early childhood days. When she was eight, she even wrote the first seventy pages of a scary story inspired by author R.L. Stein's beloved Goosebumps series. By the time she was in middle school, Mao knew she wanted to focus on writing poems, and as you'll see throughout this episode, that was a pretty great call. Mao attended Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh, where she first joined Kundiman, a prestigious nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting Asian American poets, writers, and readers. Mao remains a proud Kundiman fellow to this day. She went on to earn her Master of Fine Arts in Creative Writing from Cornell University in 2013, where she studied with an intimate cohort of just three other poets and four fiction writers. As a graduate student at Cornell, Mao had the opportunity to teach several courses to undergraduates, including a new Asian American Narratives lecture and, one that I'm sure many would love, a class called Animated Fantasies, about Japanese anime and creating alternate universes. Like so many of my best friends, she loved watching anime during her high school years. So teaching writing through the lens of her old passion was a huge highlight of her years at Cornell. Shortly after completing her MFA, Mao released her first poetry collection, Mad Honey Symposium, with Alice James Books in 2014. This debut was awarded the 2012 Kenareth Gensler Award from Alice James Books, and it was named a Poets and Writers Top 10 Debut of 2014. This book's incredible title is inspired by a type of honey that can be harvested from the beautiful flowering rhododendron bush. The sticky substance is supposedly a potent aphrodisiac, but whoop, big surprise, it can drive you mad. Mao's writing is populated by rich, dense imaginings of flora and fauna, enriched by Chinese and Western mythology. These poems are especially for those species who are wild enough to risk a taste of rhododendron honey, including the poet's favorite animal the Honey Badger. Following the publication of Mad Honey Symposium, Mao continued her work with the support of a series of writer residencies on two continents. From 2015 to 2016, she was the Singapore Creative Writing Residency Writer-in-Residence. It was here in Singapore that Mao began researching the historical Asian women whose lives would illuminate the poetry in her next book, including silent film star Anna May Wong and the first Chinese woman in America, Afeng Moy. Mao returned to the States the following year to serve as the 2016-17 Coleman Center Fellow at the New York Public Library. And then from 2017-2018, to she was the Jenny Moore Writer in Washington at George Washington University in D.C. By 2019, Mao was ready to release her highly anticipated second book. Oculus, published with Grey Wolf Press, was a triumphant success from the get-go. It made the 2019 best of year-end book list from Time Magazine, Bookmarks, NPR, and more, and was featured in national publications including The Washington Post, The New Yorker, and Nylon. Plus, a poem included in Oculus, Anna Mae Wong Blows Out 16 Candles, won the 2017 Pushcart Prize. In that remarkable poem, Wong, the first Chinese-American Hollywood star, Time travels to 1984 to comment on the shameful portrayal of the only Asian character in John Hughes's famous coming-of-age film, Sixteen Candles. Wong, who made her first of many films in 1922 when she was just 17, was consigned to a very limited, often tragic or evil slate of roles by the racist film industry. In several of the poems in Oculus, Mao writes Wong into some of the most famous films of the 20th century giving her the opportunity to evaluate the Hollywood she helped create. Mao writes about film with so much care and knowledge and very soon in this episode we'll get to share one of her most striking poems inspired by that art form. Oculus is also deeply rooted in technology and the paradoxical public act of broadcasting our most intimate moments from our screens. And at the center of it all are women of color, historic and personal, who too often experienced the same marginalization Wong was battling a century ago. In an interview with Jenny Schiff for The Margins, a publication of the Asian American Writers' Workshop, she explains why it was so important to let this audience know that this book truly belongs to them. She says, quote, in a sense, the book's resistance to the white heteropatriarchal gaze is to transform the gaze and turn it back to ourselves, an inward empathetic look at the self. In that sense, SISTERS applies to any marginalized person who has felt this struggle of hyper-visibility and invisibility, anyone who has grappled with and suffered from the desire to be seen." After Oculus, Mao completed another residency, this time in Las Vegas where she was the 2021 Shearing Fellow at the Black Mountain Institute. For now, she's moved back to New York City where she says she's buying slightly nicer furniture for her new apartment in the hope she'll be staying a while. She is there pursuing her PhD in English. Today, we're going to be sharing a poem called "The Belladonna of Sadness." This was originally published in Poem a Day by the Academy of American Poets on October 31, 2019, and as I mentioned earlier, it's inspired by Mao's love of film. In proper poetic device terms, this is a variation on the ekphrastic poem, or a poem written about another specific art form. Maybe you've come across one of the most famous classical examples of this form, John Keats' Ode on a Grecian Urn, where the narrator is describing, obviously, an ode on an urn from Greece. Here, Mao was inspired by a 1973 Japanese film called Belladonna of Sadness, directed by Ichi Yamamoto. Please, please, if you get the chance, look up the original film. The art style is otherworldly. For her poem's appearance in Poem A Day, Mao gives some context for those of us who may not have experienced this film, writing Essentially, Belladonna is a story of revenge. There is a scene in the movie where Jean, the protagonist, wakes up after making a deal with the devil and fully expects to be in hell. And yet she actually finds herself in an idyllic paradise full of flowers, trees, and brooks, all rendered in intensely beautiful and disturbing watercolor stills and animations. In a film that depicts haunting scenes in watercolors, Mao shows she can paint just as effectively with words. She makes her brushstrokes from alliteration, assonance, consonance, and rich, colorful imagery, bringing us into the film's disturbing but stunning visual landscape. This poem has a remarkable first line that really says it all. So let's get right to it. This is The Belladonna of Sadness by Sally Wen Mao. Spring in hell, and everything's blooming. I dreamt the worst was over, but it wasn't. Suppose my punishment was fields of lilies sharper than razors, cutting up fields of lies. Suppose my punishment was purity, mined and blanched. They shunned me only because I knew I was stunning. Then the white plague came, and their pleas were like a river. Summer was... Orgiastic healing, snails snaking around wrist. In heat, garbage festined the sidewalks. Old men leered at bodies they couldn't touch until they did. I shouldn't have laughed, but I laughed at their flesh dozing into their spines, their bones crunching like snow. Once I was swollen and snowblind with grief, left for dead. At the castle door Then I robbed the castle And kissed my captor My sadness learned she was not a villain To wake up in this verdant field To watch the lilies flay the lambs To enter paradise A woman drinks a vial of amnesia Found in only the palest flowers The ones that smell like rotten meat To summon the stinky flower And access its truest aroma You have to let its stigma show You have to let the pollen sting your eyes until you close them. I can't think of another poem that manages to be so gorgeous and grotesque, exuberant and quiet, even vengeful and reflective all at once. There is so much horror in the beginning of this story with the sickening violation of the protagonist's body and soul. So when she reaches hell... It seems a paradise, because she has come of her own accord for a chance to rectify the wrong she has endured. And I love Mao's lines where she has to accept that her sadness is not a villain, the evil is what's come in from outside her, while the sadness to which she is beholden is something she can own for herself. The belladonna cannot deliver herself from her sadness any more than she can forget her past, but this poem is about the sublime respite of finding peace and power in revenge. Together with The Poet, we're watching a movie that won't easily unstick from our minds without even needing to turn on the TV. And that is great writing. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us on all things Sally Wen Mao. Make sure that you share this podcast with your friends and family members, and we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye! Get Lit Minute is a production of Get Lit Words Ignite. This podcast is created by Samuel Curtis and executive produced by Diane Luby Lane. The episodes this season were researched and written by Riley Kuda, Mila Frank, Sakura Price, and Bridget Yang. Our production manager is Sophia D'Annunzio, our digital editor is Lucas Lane, our engineer is Cyrus Roberts, and our editorial advisor is Lauren Beebe. Special thanks to the entire GETLIT staff and donors who make this work possible. teachers who use this podcast to educate their students, and to all students of life everywhere for tuning in and spending time with us today. If you want to hear more, check out the rest of our episodes on our website, getlit.org. That is G-E-T-L-I-T dot O-R-G. See you there!